to you no one else will do for you said that we would face trouble pain and fear but be of good cheer for you have overcome the world let's stand together this morning let's stand in God's love this morning Yeah. 
doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. There's power that can break off every chain. There's power that can empty out a grave. There's resurrection power that can save. Power in your name. Power in your name. There's power that can break off every chain. There's power that can empty out a grave. There's resurrection power that can Yeah. 
For God so loved the world. Good morning, church. Good morning. With praise and thanksgiving, we enter into his tabernacle. How many of you are happy that God woke you up this morning? In your right mind. Able to be clothed. Able to make your way to the sanctuary. Let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise this morning. For God is good and his love endures forever. Yes, we've been singing songs of thanksgiving, and now we get to hear a portion of his word. And that word this morning is found in the 150th Psalm, which reads, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything, say it with me, let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. And together let us say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can we pray? Dear Heavenly Father God, We praise you today because you are so good to us and your mercy endures forever. Father God, we praise you not because of our circumstances. We praise you in spite of our circumstances. For those of us who could barely make it out of bed this morning, through the power of your Holy Spirit, we were able. For those of us who are looking ahead and it seems like the light is out at the end of the tunnel, we know that's a lie from the pit of hell because you have promised us that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. For those who woke up with an attitude and gratitude of praise, we say thank you, Father, because you promised us that we would have sunshine as well as rain in this journey on earth. But what you also promised us, and that is more important, is that you are always with us through the very end of time. And when you remove us from this place, you will place us with you in the heavenly realm. So we thank you for that. We thank you, Father God, for this house of worship. We thank you for all of the ministers, the pastors, and the ministers that lead us, Father God. We ask that you cover them. And right now, Father, we ask that by your spirit you move through this place and give us a worship experience that is so great we just won't want it to end. So we thank you, Father God. We look forward to the singing. We look forward to the prayers that are going up as the blessings pour down. And we look forward to the word. All in the mad mighty, majestical name of Jesus the Christ, who is our Savior. Amen. Please be seated. Hey, CTC family. I'm Rebecca, and here's this week's news. Our primary goal as a church is to reach out to our community in ways that meet needs that exist. With school starting and many schools only meeting online, the need for tutors will be increasing. Beginning on September 28th, we will be 
be holding tutoring sessions at our Ellesmere campus for children grades K through 12. The sessions will be daily from 3 to 6 p.m. and Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Subjects covered will include English, Science, Math, and History. If you are interested in becoming a tutor or registering your child, go to our website and click the tutoring link at the top of the page. Last Sunday was the first week of our brand new Beyond Zoom meeting with 13 in attendance. There's a time to fellowship, discuss the weekend message, and have prayer together. We invite you to join Pastor Roger and co-host Chrissy Carroll for this weekly opportunity for fellowship. You can find the link to the Zoom meeting on our website, our Facebook page, or our bio on Instagram. Several weeks ago, we gave you an update on Matt Ayers and his family and the relocation to Richland, Mississippi, where Matt now serves as president of Wesley Biblical Seminary. We're excited to announce that Matt and his family will be joining us here at CTC on the weekend of September 26th and 27th. Mark your calendars now and plan to join us at the Bear Campus at 6 p.m. Saturday or 9 a.m. Sunday, Ellesmere Campus at 11 a.m. Sunday, or online campus on Sunday at 9. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.net or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the church office at 302-836-2862 or text us at 888-344-1022. You can also send an email to prayer at ctcde.net. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. And let me welcome you to Christ the Cornerstone. Glad you all are here in the room today and uh, glad that you're joining us online wherever you may be. We're here to love, serve, and engage. Those are three words that we're starting. uh, Well, we've been using some form of those words, but they're simpler words now. Uh, Love, serve, and engage. Love God, love one another. Serve God, serve one another in the name of Jesus Christ. Engage one another and engage the world so that the world might know the life-changing love of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. And you have chosen to come and be part of our ministry, part of our work, part of God's presence here today. And I'm so glad that you are here. We engage one one another in small groups, which is an incredibly important way for us to to encourage each other along the way, especially through this season of COVID when we're not able to get together. Somebody just came in the door and said, I hate this season of not being able to hug. We are a hugging church. We like to do that just to express. So we'll do hugs in another way, air hugs, elbow hugs, whatever, and uh, still show God's love however, however we can. We have 444 families who we call, who we consider members and friends. These are, these are people who've made a commitment to be a member of our church and, uh, or they're regular attenders here and I can't say the word regular. <laughs> and, and so 444 families. Before COVID, we had over 500 people worshiping here every weekend. And uh, when COVID hit, of course, how do we stay in touch with those people when we're so uh, so accustomed to seeing each other throughout the weekends. And, and so Pastor Vaughn and, and our church family care team and the, the small groups, we've really worked to keep these families connected in some way or another. But how do we do that effectively? Well, Pastor Vaughn and Christy Carroll and I sat down this last week trying to keep track and 
trying to, uh, you know, casting this net and say, who, who are we missing? Who's falling through the cracks, the people that we've contacted? And we were able to identify that of the 444 families that we regularly connect with, we, we could count 342 of them that we've had direct contact with throughout this time. Now, those are families. So it's 342 families uh, out of 444. But that means 102. We're not quite sure where, where they are, but that's a 77% connection rate that we have, if you, want to, if you like statistics and you want to get into it. So there's room for growth. And so we need everybody to help us continue to connect with your friends, with your neighbors, uh, so that we can cast this net of God's love throughout our communities. We're no longer doing it here. We can't count on people coming here in this building to experience God's love. You've got to be sharing God's love with the people who are near you. That's why Christ has has call, what called us to do. And uh, so anyway, I rejoice with the connections that we have made, and I rejoice in the connections that we're going to continue to make. We want you to share your prayer requests. That's another way we can uh, connect. So get online if you're watching. Find the Connect card on our website uh, and uh, fill out your prayer requests there. If you're here in the room, you can fill out the, one of the envelopes that's on the table in the, in the mall area. Place it in one of the baskets that's by the door. Fill out your prayer requests there. That's also how we give. Here, you can make a, a contribution, make a tithe. Uh, you're offering to God and as, a, as a statement of your own trust in God. And, uh, or you can give online, ctcde.net. Uh, before our team comes and uh, leads us in a song, another way we connect is sharing times with one another when families are going through sadness. And they, I want to let the church know uh, about a couple of families in our congregation that are experiencing uh, some grief this morning. And one is the family of Don and Sharon Rainford, their son DJ, passed away on Friday. And uh, uh, 36-year-old, uh, well, I don't know how old he is, I, I'm, uh, but he's a fairly young man. I was thinking of somebody else when I said 36. Um, but DJ passed away on Friday. Another, another family uh, that we're sharing grief with is uh, Katie, um, Katie Gibbons Davis. Katie is the daughter of Monty and Judy. Her husband, Tom, passed away. And uh, so we want to remember the Givens family as they're grieving. And finally, Candy Giuliano has a brother named Herman, and Herman passed away. So as we're connecting, praying for one another, let's pray for these families who are experiencing grief. And I'm sure that you know many other families who are grieving. And so we pray for all those who are grieving. Let me invite you here, if you're in, in the room with us, uh, let's stand together as the praise team leads us in another song of worship.
that our God is greater than anything the enemy can throw at us. 
Would you just say amen? Let the heavens declare that there's nothing greater than our God. He sits high and he looks low and he blesses us. He covers us with his feathers, the Bible says. And he says, under my wings you can trust. Do you trust him? Amen. Then he said, I'll keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon me because you trust me. Let us go boldly before the throne of grace where the Bible says we can obtain mercy and find grace in our times of need. And dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us access to your throne, for allowing us to come before you boldly, yet in humility, asking forgiveness for our sins, O God, asking that you wash us clean from all iniquity, that you allow no sin, no iniquity to have dominion in our heart. We want to come before you, God, as a holy priesthood, a holy people. And only you can do that through the washing of your blood, Jesus, and through the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we love you. If there's a people anywhere who love you, I love to say it. We love you, Lord. We lift up the name of Jesus. We declare that you are Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And we bow before you today, for you alone are worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. Father God, please look upon us, for we are needy people in so many ways. And Lord, we're asking that you just come close to us as we reach out to come closer to you. But we need to touch the hem of your garment like never before, Lord Jesus. We have people who are ill, dear God. People who are lonely. People, dear God, who just don't know where the next dollar is going to come from. Lord, we need you. And we need to feel your presence. For you promise that in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are blessings forevermore. And that you will show us the pathways of life. Show us, O oh Lord. Show us what to do. We need you to direct us and order our steps according to your word, your will, and your good pleasure. So, Father God, we ask today that you touch our pastor like never before. As we prayed on him earlier, that he will bring forth a word that will just fill our hearts. Make us receptive. Open the eyes of our heart, O oh God, the windows of our understanding. So we can appreciate every single nugget of truth and blessing. That comes from the man of God's lips today as he hears from you, O God. We humbly ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Fear is an emotion that grips us and keeps us from climbing higher to where God wants to take us. It keeps us bound. It keeps us from stepping out in faith. It keeps us from truly having hope. It's time we break the bonds of fear. It's time to become fearless. Are you fearless? Are you fearless? In uh, everything that you do, I know we were talking this morning, some of us, uh, about this COVID thing and the fear that it brings to many of us. We don't want to get sick. <laughs> Nobody wants to get sick. And yet it's difficult for us to, to live uh, in this world with all the things that are happening in it. With God, we are fearless. Without God, 
we are fearful. Many life experiences bring fear or can bring fear into our lives. But God commands us to fear not. Why does God give this command? The answer is in the next phrase, as we'll read in the Bible. The next phrase says, fear not because I am with you. The cause of no fear is the fact that God is with us. Key word is this little preposition, W-I-T-H, with. God with us equals no fear. Is that true for you? I hope by the end of our time together today, you will be able to say, thank you, God, for being with me that I can live a fearless life. We're going to talk about that this this morning. In this series of messages, we consider what it means to live a fearless life. We learned last in last week's message that not only does God command us to have no fear, God commands us to fear the Lord. And we kind of unpack that a little bit. God says, don't fear, but then God says, fear me. And we learned that that kind of fear that God wants us to have of Him is awe, is respect, is honor to God. It's kind of the fear that I have for snakes <laughs> and other creepy things. It's not that I'm afraid of getting bit, though I don't want to get bit. It's an awe that I have for the snake's ability to take my own life. And I respect that. So I give a lot of distance between me and snakes. <laughs> But I'm not afraid of them so much. I don't, I don't find them very comforting. But anyway, God says, fear the Lord. And the Bible says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of life. Today, we move on beyond that idea to talk about a related topic to fear, and that is courage. So let's let's read out of the Bible a passage that talks about courage. And this is found in Joshua chapter 1, very beginning of the book of Joshua. And if you've got a Bible app or you've got a Bible, turn to Joshua with me and read along. I'm using the New Living Translation. But in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, we read, this, we read what happens just after Moses died. Moses, the man, God's chosen man, to bring the people out of Israel, his people out of Israel, so that they could fulfill their purpose. That was Moses. But Moses died. So who now is going to give leadership to this people? If any of you have ever been in a position of leadership, leaders feel fear. Imagine if at the end of this election season that we're coming into, that all of a sudden the entire United States, or at least the majority of the United States, wrote in your own name to be president of the United States. You didn't expect it, but somehow all of a sudden the name Maurice Egnor comes out on the ballot and everybody, <laughs> and Maurice is all excited, yes, I'd love to be president. But if Maurice was suddenly elected president, or if Roger over here was suddenly elected president, would you feel any kind of fear or sue elected president suddenly? Would you fear have any kind of fear? I hope you would. At least fear to respect the power of that office. 
of President of the United States. Fear is part of our lives, and we've got to respect it. So Moses died. Somebody had to take Moses' place. That man's name was Joshua. Joshua had been Moses' assistant. We don't know for how long, but here was Joshua placed into the leadership of this people. We're not talking a family clan of 60 or 70 people or even less. We're talking, we're talking a nation of over a million people, most likely. All of a sudden, Joshua has a task and he's placed in it. So as we read this, let's read it from the perspective of Joshua having been put into this position of great power and authority and responsibility. And how would you feel? Would you feel any fear? And we're going to look at this to see what is God doing for Joshua to help him work through his fear. And how can we make that become part of our lives as we face our own fears? So. I've set that up. Let's read Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. It says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and the Lord said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land that I have given you, from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I, and I want to, I want to replace this little three-letter word for with a six-letter word because, right? B-E-C-A-U-S-E. I don't think that's, I don't know. <laughs> it has the same meaning, doesn't it? But it makes the, it makes the connection between God's presence and Joshua's need much more clear. He says, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live because I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail or abandon you. Be strong and courageous because you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. You hear that word? Do not be afraid or courage will go away from you. You will be discouraged instead of filled with courage or encouraged. 
This is a beautiful language that God has given us the ability. <laughs> we got courage. We got encouraged to fill with courage. When God asks us and tells us to encourage somebody, we fill them with courage. Why is that? Because we are with somebody else. And they know we're with you. And when God is filling us with courage, it comes because we know that God is with us. And God is behind us saying, go on, you can do this. God is filling us with courage. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is good news, isn't it? Thank you. Thank you. Not me. Thank you for agreeing with me because God is, God is good. With God, we are fearless. Without God, we are fearful. I have an example. Let's talk about courage. What is courage? I'm going to come over here to this thing. I need Daniel and Colin. And I'd like two other people, if you would join me, volunteers. You want to join me in a, in a little activity. Come on, volunteers. Daniel and Colin are coming up. Come on. All right. All right. All right. Let's get. Yay, yay, yay. If you're at home, come stand up here right behind me. If you're at home, have the kids go to a cupboard or a drawer or wherever you got Ziploc bags and get a Ziploc bag. Here's a Ziploc bag for you. Colin, here's a Ziploc bag for you. Open up the Ziploc bag. Daniel, I want you to fill, fill the Ziploc bags a little bit more than half full. Where did, where'd your mom go? Get your mom back up here. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wants to do this. I can tell. <laughs> when it, Sue, come on. Come up here. There you go. Now, I'm going to, Bill, I'm going to give you that. Uh, can you help? Come on over here, Sue, and help Bill fill the, fill the Ziploc bag. A little bit more than half full. We've got two pitchers. We're going to see who has courage. Courage is the ability to do something or the attitude to press on, even though you might be fearful of experiencing discomfort, pain or disappointment. I don't know, that's Rogers, Rogers version of, of Webster's dictionary of, of fear. But fear is the ability to continue to do something, even though there's danger involved in it. So. There's not going to be a lot of danger, but there might be some discomfort. Oh, sorry. One more. One more. We got one more. And now I got some pencils. Daniel, you get a pencil. <laughs> trying to give myself time to remember my lady's name. My lady. Let's see. You got the pencil. Sue, uh, uh, I'll take the picture back. We can take the picture back. Put the picture back up here. Pencil. I'll take a couple pencils. We got pencils. A couple pencils. Wait a minute. We got oh Daniel. We got to give these guys. So we got Daniel and and Colin. We don't have a pencil. Who wants a pencil? Sue gets a pencil. Okay. I'm going to kneel down here. And I want all of you to hold those bags over my head. And then I want while somebody's one of you is holding it and you might want to hold kind of the bottom of it so it doesn't wiggle back and forth. While you're holding it over my head, I want you to slowly poke those pencils into the bag, into the water, not above the water, but below the water line. Poke the, poke the pencil 
into the bag and keep pushing it until the pencil comes out the other side. Okay? And we're going to see who has more courage to persist in this moment of possible potential danger for Pastor Roger and discomfort. What's happening above my head? Don't get me wet, Colin. <laughs> no, no, no. Right over, right over my head. Come on. Get it up there. If I get wet, somebody go get a towel. Oh, there's a drop of water coming on me. I felt that one. <laughs> don't pull it out. Callan's going to pull it out. I, I'm not getting very wet. I don't know. There might be, might be one. Are all the pencils in? Oh, you got three pencils in that one. One. Nice job, guys. Thank you. Now, thank you all. You may be seated. Set your, set your bags here on this tray. So that if they leak. Now we did this last night in the service. And, uh, we came in this morning and the bag was still full of water. And there's only a little bit of water in the tray. So I'm confident in that. Who had more courage in that little experience? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think it was me. I mean, somebody that doesn't, I don't want to get the pastor wet. How's he going to preach? He's got a microphone on. Is it going to make his microphone go off? Courage is the ability to continue through doing something, even though you know there might be some discomfort, some pain, uh, some something negative coming into your life. But because of the fear, because of the danger, you don't stop. Why is that? Let's look at this story of Joshua for to see what God is doing in Joshua's life to help Joshua face his fears with courage. It's not just God's presence. God is doing something real in our lives, giving us courage so that we can continue doing that which we know is could cause is dangerous. It could cause pain, certainly will cause discomfort in us. Children, when they get shots at the doctor, have to have courage, right? The nurse or the doctor, whoever's there giving the shot has to have courage. But it's partly because of the confidence of that of that doctor, that nurse or whoever's giving the shot. That gives the child that encourages the child to receive the shot. So let's see what God is doing in Joshua's life. There are three three words we're going to focus on this morning. Each word begins with the letter P. So courage means doing something, even though it might involve danger, discomfort or pain. And the first word there that we discover in this, in God giving courage, is purpose. God clarifies to Joshua that God has purpose for Joshua. And Joshua's purpose, as we face our fears, we've got to be clear of the purpose of what we are about to do. I think of uh, somebody who's in danger, a fire is in somebody's house, and the, and the emergency personnel come, the first responders come. They come, and they're going into a burning building, which could be very fearful for, what, for most of us. But what are they aware of? They are aware of their purpose. And because they are aware of the purpose of their presence, they are able to go into this building. They focus on their purpose. And when they focus on their purpose, they're able to persist in what they're doing through this thing. They're able to bring the help that is needed. So when we face our fears, think about the purpose of what has to happen in order to confront that fear. And you will be encouraged. The purpose 
as we reread in, in verse 2 here. He says to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you, Joshua, to lead these people, the Israelites. You are to lead them across the Jordan River into the land. I promise you what I promise them wherever I set foot. You will be on the land that I give them. And then he gives the dimensions of that. For I will be with you. I will not fail. His purpose is to lead. I've been in a leadership in a leadership position. I got too many P words in my passage in my presentation. (laughs) They're all just getting stuck in there. I've been in a leadership position for many many years in my life. I I have never considered myself a good leader. That doesn't mean that I'm not. It just means that I'm insecure about what God has asked me to do. And there are many times that I've that I've got to be remind myself, what am I here for? God, why did you put me in this position? And and why me? Who am I that you would put me in this position? And if I forget my purpose, the entire organization falters. God has called me to a purpose in this position. And that is one of those purposes is to lead others. Leadership is a difficult, difficult task. Don't criticize your leaders. Help your leaders, whoever they are. Don't criticize the President of the United States. Help the President of the United States, whoever that, per- that President is. He has been placed or she has been placed in that position for a purpose. And I know that, I know that we have to be critical. We can't just take our leaders for, for who they are or what they say or whatever. And I know that we have disagreements all the time. But the Bible tells us to support the leaders who God places over us. And you may disagree with God's appointment. (laughs) And you can disagree all you want. But that person still has that position. We need to be praying, there's another P word, for our nation in this election season. Absolutely. That the person who is here is placed there by God. And whether that person loves God or hates God, believes in God or does not believe in God, that person still is under God's authority, whether they believe that or not. Because God is in charge of this. I know you can say, well, that is your opinion, Pastor. I can't I can't say a sentence here without thinking of a P word. Oh, well, I'm getting distracted by myself. Purpose. Why do we remember what happened on September 11th, 2001? Because we have a purpose in our life. And, what, and we, have to, we, have, we want to live in a society that is protected. We want to live in a society where we love one another, where we experience that love. So we have this phrase, we will never forget. And the purpose of remembering is so that we can love one another, we can protect one another, we can appreciate one another. We can make life better than it used to be. And so we remember with a purpose. When we remember our purpose, fear diminishes. When we commit to our purpose, fear is no longer a barrier to what we have to do. Our purpose as followers of Jesus is to love God, to love all people, so that all people can experience the life-changing love 
of Jesus Christ. That is our purpose as a church. That's why I said a few minutes ago, connect with one another, connect with your neighbors, share God's love. Don't wait to come to church to share God's or to experience God's love because God has shut down the churches. And the church has got the church, the people of God are in our communities. The church is in the community sharing God's love wherever we are. That is your purpose as a follower of Jesus. We gather together. We gather online. We gather in this building in order to be encouraged so that we can go out and share the love of Jesus Christ to others. That is our purpose. Fear leaves us when we embrace and commit to the purpose that God has for us. Individually and as the body of Christ. The second thing that God does in, uh, for Joshua is promise his presence. Presence. The presence of God is promised to Joshua. Fear runs away when we focus on our purpose. And fear runs away when we understand and experience the presence of God Almighty. <laughs> right here. With us, fear runs away. Joshua one three through five says, "I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on the land I give you. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you with be, live, because I will be with you, just as I was with Moses. I will not fail you. I will not abandon you. We need an advocate." We think of lawyers as advocates, but God is our advocate. Jesus is our advocate. The Holy Spirit is our advocate who speaks on our behalf, who goes to bat for us, who, who accomplishes things in our lives that we know need to happen, but we can't make them happen because there's something else blocking us. We need an advocate. And even in the systems of our world that we see in many ways are unjust and flawed because they are operated by human beings who are flawed. We need an advocate to get around those things. And so we pray to God to cause good things to happen for people who are stuck in a system that is supposed to work for justice, but it does not. There have been many times when I have prayed, heard about people caught in, in, in barriers in the legal system that just won't make justice happen as it is supposed to happen. And I pray, oh God, when this person goes to that office or to that judge or into this lawyer's office or into whatever, send somebody to them who will work for your justice in this person's life. God can do that. We need to be praying. Not only do we need to be praying for justice, we need to be working for justice. Wherever we see injustice, maybe you are the one that God has put in that position to speak up, to say something, to do something as an advocate for somebody else. But we need an advocate and God gives his presence to us to be that advocate in our lives. We need helpers. We need others to carry the load with us. We need backup. We all need backup. We need protectors. And God gives us His Holy Spirit, His Holy Presence to be all of that in our lives. Let's go to the book of John. Jesus was meeting with His disciples in 
in the upper room. That night before Jesus went to trial, Jesus needed backup. (laughs) He looked to his disciples and he was explaining to them, this is his last night here before he is crucified. And he said these words to his disciples. They didn't know what was coming. Jesus knew what was coming. And Jesus said to them, if you love me, obey my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. And that advocate is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it's not looking for him and doesn't recognize him. Don't expect the world to, to, to recognize the presence of God in worldly places. The world's not going to do that. Don't be surprised when the world says God's not here. But we as followers of Jesus can be bold to say God is here. Even though you may not see him. Jesus said, The world cannot receive him because it's not looking for him and does not recognize him. But you do know him because he lives with you now and later will be within you. He's referring to the coming of the Holy Spirit, what we call Pentecost. Later. Jesus says, and this is John chapter 16, I think. Might be 14. I don't know which. Was it? 16. Verse 18. No, he says, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. This is also part of that passage that I often use in funerals where Jesus promises, do not be afraid. I am going to prepare a place for you. And if it was not so, I would tell you it's not so. But I'm going to my father's house to prepare a place for you. And when it is ready, I'm going to come and get you and take you there with me. While we are waiting for Jesus to come and take us to that heavenly home that he's preparing for us, he sends us, gives us his holy presence, his Holy Spirit to be our advocate, our helper, our teacher, our instructor, our strength to endure and to persevere. He gives us. A helper. And God gives us purpose. Oh, we remember that old Saint Patrick in the fourth century wrote a prayer that is familiar probably to many of us. And part of it, Patrick's prayer prays Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me. Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my life, on my left, Christ. How how, how did a, a slave boy in the third century understand the truths that I'm still speaking to you today, except that he understood and experienced the presence of the Holy God, the Creator, With Him. You can have that too through your trust in Jesus Christ. So God gives us purpose. God gives us His presence. And God strengthens us and commands us to keep going. God gives us the ability to persevere. And God gave Joshua instructions on how 
to persevere. We read that in in verses 6 through 8 of Joshua chapter 1 where he says, Be strong and courageous because you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. And then here come the instructions. Be careful to obey all the instructions. How do we persevere? (laughs) We follow our purpose. We have God's presence with us and we obey what God tells us to do. We're not going to have this experience if we flaunt and we we dismiss and we throw away the instructions that God has given us to live our lives. He teaches us how to live life. He says, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the left or to the right. Then you will be successful in all you do. Then he says another instruction, study this book continually, meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Study it, do it, meditate on it. Another word for meditate is ruminate. Where the word ruminate comes from a biological feature of some animals, the rumen. The rumen is part of uh, some animals' stomachs, cows, for example. Cows have four parts to their stomach before it gets to their intestines. I know you wanted to know this anatomy lesson about cows. The first part of that, uh, the cow chews the hay or the silage or whatever the cow is chewing in their mouth. They've got flat teeth that just mashes down. On, on that hay or whatever they're eating. And then they swallow it. It goes into the rumen. And in the rumen, enzymes are mixed with that food that they have just eaten. And it begins to, it begins to break down that tough, coarse, fibrous grass. Makes it soft. And it also sits there for a while and it begins to ferment. And then the cow does a wonderful thing. You know the phrase, I threw up a little in my mouth? Oh, I'm sorry, that was gross. (laughs) But it communicated, right? That's what the cow does. He says, oops, I threw up a little in my mouth. Mm. (laughs) And that that food that he just ate comes out of the room and back into his mouth. And the cow, her cow, her, the cow chews it again because now it's softer And it begins to break down even more. What the cow is doing is ruminating. It's breaking down this nutritious food so that then the cow swallows it again. And now it goes into the other parts of the stomach, into the other part and another part, and then into the intestines where it is absorbed into the body finally. But there are some things in life that are so difficult for us to swallow that we've got to ruminate on them. Don't miss the opportunity to ruminate on the hard experiences that God gives to you because there's nutrition in there. There's spiritual food in there. People are going through difficult times through this. Don't gloss over it. Don't take that swig of whiskey to wash it down and avoid your ability to think through what God wants you to get from this experience. Don't. Waste a good crisis. 
and mask it and hide behind it. God has something for you in this difficulty. Ruminate on it. And God has His Word that He gives to you. And there's good news. There's encouraging news in this Word. So don't just say the Word of God or read the Word of God and move on to whatever else it is. Ruminate on the Word of God and let it work. Fester. What's the word I'm looking for? (laughs) I said it once in the service. Can't think of it now. Turn into good wine. Right? What experiences? Here are some questions that might help you ruminate. We think when you read Scripture and a word jumps out to you, ask yourself, what does this writer mean by this particular word? Ruminate on that. Here's another question. What experiences in my life does this Scripture cause me to remember? Ruminate. On that question, how does this passage of Scripture, how does the story of Joshua connect with my personal life? What experiences of leadership have I put, been put into? Let me tell you, we've got, we got Ariel with Aaron sitting here. We've got a mom and a baby. God gives us children, and we are leaders to our children. You are the leader of your child. Husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, you are leaders in your family. And you have a task to cause this child to grow up so that one day that child will experience God's love and say for themselves, I want that. But just the way of the way you live your life, the language you use, the actions that you have towards that child are leading that child either to God or away from God. Parenting ought to put the fear (laughs) in your life. Don't run away from it. Run to God with it as a parent. What experiences of leadership do I have in my life? What questions do I have about these verses, for example? If it's true that God will not abandon me, in what ways was God present when I didn't see God there with me? Think about that. Ruminate on that question. Ask somebody else. When I was going through this experience, did you see God with me? Another question is, am I doing what Jesus or God expects me to do? Do I live every moment being aware of God's presence? How would my words change if every moment of my workday I was aware that God is with me? How would my attitude change if I'm constantly aware God, the Almighty God, is with me? How would my behaviors change at home when I get home from work, when I'm tired and exhausted? If I'm keenly aware, God, you are with me. What's one thing you can do this week to remind yourself that God is present with you? I want to take some next steps at 11 o'clock. We'll start that uh, event, that Zoom event called Beyond. And it'll be a time for us to talk about these kinds of questions and ruminate on what I've been presenting this morning. So come back on Zoom at 11 o'clock. 
this morning. Or if you want to, you have a comment or maybe God, you're, you're clearly hearing God say something to you. And let me know what it is God is asking you to do. Maybe you don't know what it is to have God present in your life. And you want to know how to have God's presence in your life. Here's how. Say a prayer, something like this. Dear God, I need you in my life. I know that I've not lived the life that you want me to live. I need your help. Maybe I have lived a good life, but I've lived it on my own, on myself. In this moment, I'm going to trust Jesus. that You are who the Bible says you are. You are the Son of God, and you died to forgive me of my turning away from God. And I want to turn back to God. So forgive me of my sins. Come and live with me. I want to see your presence, God. Jesus will come to you in that moment when you pray that. I'd love to pray with you this afternoon or or later if you pray a prayer like that today. We are in this thing together. Let's pray together. This uh, platform area is open if you want to come and pray here and others can come and pray with you. If you like, if you're at home, fill out the Connect card or just quietly pray to God as we sing this song together and we continue to worship God.
feet. Praise the Lord. And we thank Pastor Roger for that wonderful message about being fearless. And right now, brothers and sisters, we all know the devil's trying to intimidate us. He's trying to throw the kitchen sink at God's people. But as Pastor said, we have nothing to fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear, amen, but of power, love, and a sound mind, amen. So let's go forth in that truth. God covers us with his truth. Stand on the word of God. Remember the message. Renumerate it. I believe that's the word Pastor Roger said, like the cow. But continue to meditate on the word of God. Let it strengthen you. And share it with others. Because we're not the only ones going through this. There's people who didn't come to church this week who need to hear that word. So God bless you. Make sure to tell somebody that Jesus loves them and hopefully hopefully they'll see that in your face, through your smile, that you love them also. And it comes from God above. Be blessed. Be safe. Amen. Say